want to encourage you to be prepared for communion right at the end of this sermon. So I'm going to say a few words, and then uh, if you've got your communion set up, that's fine. If you need one, I'm sure we can have some people uh, bring it to you. But we do communion differently now because we've had to learn a different way. And along the way, we've learned some things that, that make it even more meaningful than ever before. But it's also important that we not forget what gives it its meaning. You're seeing a lot of different activity today. We had the baby blessing. We involved the children. We're going to acknowledge our newest seventh graders in the youth group. They're making a life transition this morning. Why do we do all this? And what's the point of that here? Well, the point of that is this is what real life in the church family looks like And this is what it looks like when we take our faith seriously so that we don't just show up in attendance and go through ritual performances, but we're actually living it out in a sincere, authentic way. These are the sort of things that you do because you want to impress this on others and you want to impress it on your children. There's going to be other activities that will go on today, which is the life of the church in practice. Really what we're doing is we're living out our brand. You hear a lot about this term brand these days. Companies are spending a lot of uh, time and attention and consulting fees trying to protect their brand identity. Because we live in a more visual world, more visual than ever before. But your brand is not just your logo. Your brand is who you are, what you represent, what you stand for. And in a world of of social media and in a world of instant uh, communication, that brand can go sideways quickly. And so you you invest a lot in people helping you take care of that brand. Maybe once upon a time this was called PR, public relations. Maybe it was called marketing. Now it's called uh, brand management, whatever you want to call it. But I want you to know this. What we're doing here is we are living out our brand, but not just a corporate brand. We're living out the mark that God puts on us as a people. There's another definition of that term brand. Those of you who have cattle uh, can understand it. I don't know. I guess you tag cattle now. I don't know if anybody brands cattle. We always knew who our cows were because we didn't have any other cows you know, and if a stranger cow showed up, we just claimed it. Um, nobody wanted our cows anyway. But when you brand a cow, you're putting your mark on it to say, this one belongs to me. God has always been interested in putting his mark on his people so that they will remember who they are. You see this mention of a brand in Exodus 13. Moses said to the people, this is a day to remember forever. The day that you left Egypt, the place of your slavery. Today the Lord has brought you out by the power of his mighty hand. Remember, eat no food containing yeast. On this day in early spring in the month of Abib, you have been set free. You must celebrate this event in this month each year after the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jebusites. He swore to your ancestors that he would give you this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. 
For seven days the bread you eat must be made without yeast. Then on the seventh day celebrate a feast to the Lord. Eat bread without yeast during those seven days. In fact, there must be no yeast bread or any yeast at all found within the borders of your land during this time. On the seventh day, you must explain to your children, I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I left Egypt. This annual festival will be a visible sign to you, like a mark branded on your hand or on your forehead. Let it remind you always to recite this teaching of the Lord. With a strong hand, the Lord rescued you from Egypt. So observe the decree of this festival at the appointed time each year. When we come around the communion table, we have symbols. The bread, the cup. Jesus taught us what those symbols meant. This is my body, this is my blood. They were symbols that were used to remember that story of God bringing His people out of Egypt and then Jesus infuses them with new meaning and He he takes some elements of that Passover meal and makes it into the Lord's Supper. And this is our brand. These are our symbols that are a, a visible sign to us as if it was a brand on the back of our hand or on our forehead. Something that we can't ignore. Something that identifies us. When we get together and we partake of this bread and this cup and we remember the One who saved us and rescued us, this is also our opportunity to teach our children. You know, God is always interested in one generation teaching the next. You see that in the Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament. This is the reason why we have kid men's and West Ark youth groups and VBS and other activities because we want to create some sort of habit, some sort of tradition that enables you to teach your children when they ask you, what's this all about? Now you go back and you look at that text in Exodus 13. And it would have been very possible for everybody to have been caught up in where's the yeast? You know? Got to get rid of all the yeast. All of a sudden, somebody left a piece of leavened bread laying around. Oh, no, there's yeast in the house. It's all ruined. God's going to be angry at us. Yeah, you can get focused on that ritual stuff and miss the meaning. It's not to say that the ritual is not important. And it's not to say that the tradition and the customs are not important. But they're certainly not important at all if you lose the meaning in them. If one generation comes along doing those things and they can't say to the children, this is what this means, then maybe we've missed something. Maybe you grew up asking the people who were adults when you were a child, what does this bread and cup mean? What does it mean when they push that person down under the water and they pick them back up again? What does it mean when God says this in Scripture? What does it mean when we all get together up there and that man talks for a long time? What does it mean? And maybe no one was able to answer you. That's a problem. As long as this man's up here talking to you, you're going to be able to tell the kids what this means. 
I'm going to do my dead level best to make sure you can do that. Everyone in this church is going to help you to do that. And I want you to know that if you just give it a shot, if you try, you're going to be managing this brand very well. Because the one thing that you can tell that I can never tell, that none of the shepherds can never tell, is what this means to you. And there's little kids that want to hear that from you. There are other adults who want to hear that from you. Now, I know that what it means to you has to in some way line up with what God says it means. But God is a fantastic teacher. And He teaches us everything that we need to know. Just like we said a week ago, God doesn't judge us based on what we don't have. He wants to know what we'll do with what we do have. God is going to work with you on what you do know. And He will teach you and give you what you don't know if you ask Him. And so this process of one generation teaching the next, what is this all about? It's something we're always constantly doing. It's why when we come together and observe the Lord's Supper, we remind ourselves what this means and we use ancient teachings. We use traditions that have been passed on to us. So understand that branding is not about image, advertising, or reputation. Oh, there's so much emphasis on that right now. And I want you to know that this, the meaning of this Lord's Supper, the meaning of what we did here today in worship by being honest and by, being, by celebrating these, these transitions in life, we're setting you free from image and advertising and reputation. We're setting you free from that. Christ is setting you free from that. Just like the, the Israelites remembered that, that, that this was their day that they were set free and they would remember this. And one generation would tell the next, when we were slaves in Egypt, God saved us. You realize, of course, that there would come a day when no one could say that they were legitimately slaves in Egypt, but that was still the story they told. That was still the story that they stuck to. Because it's their story. Just like this story about a Savior who was crucified who was obedient to God, and through His obedience, you've been rescued. That's your story, as much as it's my story, as much as it's our story, and the story of the apostles who taught that message when it was was day-old fresh. That's still that same story. The world's going to try to convince you to work on your image, to work on your message, Don't believe it. That's not our brand. Our brand is about knowing who we are because we know whose we are. You see, if we get that last part right, if we know who we belong to, if we know whose brand we incorporate, then we know who we are. Jesus gets to that when he he starts talking about his teaching. And in John's Gospel, John remembers some things that Jesus said that probably connected for him when they observed that first Lord's Supper on the night that Jesus was betrayed. He remembered Jesus saying things about, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You need to incorporate me into you so that I can abide with you and you abide in me. 
Knowing our brand, then, is about knowing our story, and it's about genuinely living out that story alongside others with positive impact. So the reason why we do all this today, the reason why we want you engaged in life outside this assembly for your own study, for your own growth, for the service to others, is not because that's the sort of stuff that a church is supposed to do and you have to rack up good works so that you can earn your way into heaven. That's not it at all. We're just saying Christ has rescued us, so let's live out that story genuinely. Let's be the people that God intends us to be. And we're going to take it seriously, but we're also going to enjoy it because it is freedom. It is freedom to serve Christ. Jesus said it in these words, and this is what our brand is. We're being marked in our observance of this Lord's Supper. You know, I want to say to you kids that were up here on stage, I want to say for you parents, because if I told your babies born in 2020 this, I don't think they would understand me today when I say this, so you're going to have to remember and tell them. You are the children. You are the children who learned what all this meant when the world was going through a massive illness. You are the children that kept doing these things. You will remember what it was like, not only to do communion at church, but to do communion with your family at home. So whether you're with your church family in this building or whether you're at home with your close family, you still remember that this meal, that this Lord's Supper was a part of who you were and whose you were. And one day, little children will ask you, what does this all mean? You're going to know what to say and you're going to point them back to this word of Jesus Christ. So get ready. One of the reasons why we do communion like this now is because we know that it's not about social distancing as much as it's about distant togetherness. How about that? I just invented a term. Uh, I mean, if you can invent social distancing, I can invent distant togetherness. That wherever you're at, whether you're in the back of this building or you're up here or whether you're out there watching us online, whether you're in this nation or another nation, we are all coming together to claim this brand, to claim this story, to claim this identity together. We, we believe that we all share in this and we are embodying it like a visible sign in what we do. Now to do that, I have to go down here and get my bread and my cup of juice. Give me a moment to do that, and you get ready too. I mean, however you do it, it means the same. We had to adapt when we couldn't gather together in the same building. But it means the same. Jesus said, this is my body given for you. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. I know this is a symbol. I know this is a sign. But this sign and this symbol, it means something. And I am happy to enjoy it with you. If anybody needs some of this, would you raise your hand back there and somebody will bring this to you? Okay? Then let's give thanks for the bread 
and share it together. Father, we thank you for this bread. We thank you that you gave your body for us. And though you died, you were resurrected. And now you've promised us an eternal body, an eternal life, not a disembodied life, but a life in a new body where we become more and more like you. Father, teach us to embrace this mystery and to trust in you. Let us abide in you. We pray this in Jesus' name.